We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's going on, Colts Nation? Welcome back to another episode of Bring the Juice. Your guys, Derek and Cody, joining you as always. And see, I already messed it up, man. I'm going from one side to the other because I'm used to pointing this way, but I'm on this (laughs) side now, so I got to point that way. See how it is? But anyway, guys, today with, by the time this video gets out, not 100% sure which day this will be out, but spring or uh, basically training camp is going to be about two weeks out from the time this video gets out. So we figured we'd talk about a few guys that could be on the roster bubble going into training camp and going into the season. Now, just for disclaimer, we're not talking about rookies in this. We're going to talk specifically about veterans or some second year guys that have been on the roster or at least have been a part of the team for a little bit and will be guys that we're going to keep an eye on. So first guy here, Cody, and it seems like you and you mentioned it right before we started recording this. Seems like this guy's been on this list every single uh, off season now for about three off seasons in a row. Uh, we're talking about Ben Banigou. Obviously, Ben Banigou, when drafted in 2019, he was kind of the, uh, the wow factor, right? He was kind of the mystery one. We were... Didn't 100% know what he was going to be utilized for, but the athletic ability certainly intrigued people. But nevertheless, after his rookie season, really have not seen much of any of Ben Banigou over the last two seasons. And we're wondering, you know, this might be the the time for him to potentially do something because if not, Ben Banigou may not be on this roster for a while. I think at this point, it's more likely that he's not on this roster than it is he is, um, just because he's had how many off-seasons to figure this thing out, right? I think the only potential saving grace for Ben Banigou is the scheme change uh, and and the new defensive coordinator, the new defensive line coach. Maybe they can get something out of him because he has done nothing since his rookie season. Absolutely nothing. Right, we all remember the play he had against Joe Flacco and the Ravens. That's the only play I can recall when Ben Manigou did anything of note for this team. And this is his last chance. Like I know we've said this before, but like this literally is his last chance. This is a contract year for him. You know, like if he does not perform with the upgrades the Colts have had and, and the way they the last couple off seasons have addressed specifically defensive end, you know, how heavily they have. 
I see a scenario where he's on the outside looking in, Derek, and and he's going to really have to step it up tenfold in training camp and in the preseason and stuff if he wants any chance to make this roster. Because I feel like right now, like I said earlier, there's more of a chance he doesn't make this roster than, in my opinion, than he does right now. Yeah, and I mean, when it comes to the defensive line group as is, I mean, that kind of tells you something because, you know, the defensive end position for Indianapolis is actually somewhat thin. I mean, you really only have about uh, four technically defensive ends on the roster. I mean, maybe not even be that. So, you know, when you're looking at it from that perspective and you're talking about, you know, Banigou maybe not even being on the roster, I mean, it goes to show you just how little that some people will think about him. Like you said, there's been a lot of opportunities for him and it's just not worked out and he has not uh, been taking full advantage of it. And we're just going to have to see where he goes from here. Cause I mean, you're right in a position now where this defensive line group has been drastically improved this off season with adding of Yannick Ngakwe. And now you have Dio Dangbo now having his first full off season to do everything that he wants to, you know, Ben Banigou is going to get left in the dust here in a little bit. If he doesn't do something and Taekwon Lewis now being back, you know, there's, there's minimal opportunities here and hopefully now he takes advantage in training camp because you're right. If not, Ballard will find somebody else that's willing to put in the work. Absolutely. And, and, you know, also it was telling, I thought this is where you're going to go, but this is a, another point I thought of when you were talking is look at the defensive end position the last couple of years, right? How bad it's been, right? How bad it's been. And, and still Banigou has not made an impact. So if that tells you how little the Colts feel about how good, you know, how much he's performing, how well he'd perform, uh, that should right there tell you that even though they were struggling at that position, they still did not like play him. They still, they, he was a healthy scratch a lot of times, right? So there is like uh, the room for improvement. He, he can only go up, it seems like at this point, because he's kind of at the lowest of lows right now in terms of where he is as a player. Oh, yeah, absolutely agree with that. All right, well, let's move on to the next player here that we have, and that is Marvell Tell. So obviously Marvell Tell, we talked about him in another video recently. Him as a cornerback, obviously was drafted in 2019, uh, played pretty well at the end of the 2019 season. We thought, oh, this could be a uh, a dark horse guy at the cornerback position. And then sure enough, 2020 comes around. He was one of the few players that decided to opt out for the 2020 season, came back in 2021, but ultimately was more of a practice squad guy and actually was released from the Colts uh, earlier this offseason and then got re-signed back just a few days later. So, you know, there's opportunities here, Cody. We've seen minimal action from Marvell Tell, but in 2019, he did show he had some potential. What are your thoughts on a Marvell Tell making the roster? Uh, I don't know how good it is, Derek, because can he play, play special teams? I don't know if he can. You know, like he's... Already try had to make that transition from free safety to corner. You know, can he, you know, if he can't provide anything on special teams, what value does he really have for this team? I think he's going to be probably another practice squad guy again, because you know, your top four corners, there's no question who your top four corners are and how many other corners do you keep? You know, maybe he slides in as like that fifth corner, but like, I feel like the culture would like to go with a guy that plays special teams, right? I think they would. So if he can't play special teams, I think he's probably going to be a practice squad player. But 
he, the talent is there, Derek. We know he's physically gifted. He's got a lot of upside, but he hasn't really tapped into that beyond you know what we saw a little bit his rookie season. And he hasn't really had a lot of chances to do so. So I think he has an opportunity here to to make an impact, and you know maybe he does start to play some special teams, wants to make the final fifty three man. But as it stands right now, I probably think he's just more of a practice squad guy. But he, he's certainly in the conversation on that bubble. Yeah, I mean, when you look at the cornerback position as it is now, obviously Stephon Gilmore, Isaiah Rogers, Kenny Moore round out your top three. But then behind it, I mean, this is where Marvell Tell does have it going for him. I mean, really the only corner that has had like significant and somewhat productive corner play is Brandon Faison. And he's going to be your corner four. But after that, you know, Marvell Tell, there is open availability for Marvell Tell to show something because Anthony Chesley is your cornerback five. Now, I mean, obviously, Anthony Ed Chesley has been a guy that was a last resort many years now for the Colts when it comes to the cornerback room. Now, in my opinion, I would love to see more of a Marvell Tell in that situation. But at the end of the day, you're right, it is going to come down to. You know, will you play some special teams for him? I mean, that's what it is for cornerbacks five and six when the Colts have that uh, roster. I don't know how many guys they actually kept on the roster last year when it came to the cornerback room. Um, I'm guessing it was five, but at the end of the day, you know, Marvell Tell, he's also got a fight with uh, Rodney Thomas, you know, who just got drafted out of Yale. So, you know, Thomas is more of a. Now, I think Thomas is more of a safety mold, but, you know, the Colts scouting report said that they wanted him to potentially get a look at corner, you know, so there's that opportunity for Rodney Thomas, you know, and Chris Wilcox is in there and, you know, things like that. So it's not going to be a walk in the park for Marvell Tell. Obviously, Marvell Tell was higher drafted on his dra- on their draft board in 2019 than what some of these other guys were. So it makes you look at what Marvell Tell is able to do potentially. Just ultimately, can he lock back into that 2019 form that we saw from him? And, you know, when he took a year off of football in 2020, I mean, that hurts a young player's develop uh, developmental ability. So we'll see what happens as it goes along. I mean, it's a 50-50 shot at this point. Yep, we'll see. We'll see. All right, uh, the next group of guys we want to talk about, um, we're, we're, we're going to group two guys in here. Really, it's those you know back-end positions at the wide receiver position. You know, We didn't include guys like Mike Strawn or you know uh, Desmond Patman because they're still very young players. We wanted to look more at the veteran guys here. So the two guys that we decided to talk about was Kiki Kuti and Michael Harris. Neither guy really made much of an impact last year at all. Um, I would even say Patman made more of an impact than they did last year. But uh, both these guys have shown in flashes in the NFL that they can do some things. But I think they're certainly going to be in competition with a lot of guys, you know, trying to round out those, you know, other one, potentially two positions at the wide receiver position. Yeah. And, you know, DeMichael Harris has been a guy that has always remained on the roster due to the fact that he does play special teams. You know, he has been willing to be in that role. And occasionally when the receiver group gets thin, you know, he does have those one or two touches every now and again that reminds you, oh, there's still a number 12 on this team. Yeah, it reminds you of that. Uh, And obviously Kiki QT, a veteran in this league, has been around for quite a few years and has 
been, you know, what we need, what we deemed as the cult killer when he was on the Texans for many years. Cause you know, honestly, he was the guy that used to have the best games against us. You know, even when Deandre Hopkins was there, you know, QT was the guy that sometimes put the dagger in games, you know, and, and put a, a damper on the momentum. So QT definitely has that ability, you know, when it comes to the other guys, like you said, with Strawn and Patman, those are the two other guys that are looking to try to uh, advance into this role. If I had to take a guess on which one of these two guys that I think does make the roster, my guess is, is it probably ends up being Harris again, just simply due to the fact that he is able to play special teams every once in a while for you. I think that is what puts him at that mold at the six or seven wide receiver, depending on how many they keep. So I think Patman and Strong both can make this roster. I think at least one of them will. My guess is, is Patman will probably end up making the roster. Still don't know everything about Strong at this point. But if I'm taking a guess, I'd say Harris makes this roster and QT probably does not. Okay, gotcha. All right, uh, next guy we want to talk about, uh, veteran offensive tackle Jason Spriggs. Now, Spriggs was a, if you remember, former IU player was drafted in the second round by the Green Bay Packers. And I think it was 2016. Um, he's played a few games, you know, started a few games. He's a veteran in this league. He's 28 years old, but I kind of look at it, Derek, and I'm like, huh, the Colts already have Matt Pryor, Bernard Ryman, Braden Smith, and also they signed uh, Dennis Kelly as well. So they have four tackles and not even, you know, forgetting to mention Ryan Vandemark, who they also, you know, paid a lot of money for as an undrafted free agent. Uh, you know, does Jason Spriggs potentially find himself on the roster bubble and on the other side of the bubble where he doesn't want to be? I think it's potentially worth a conversation at least. Yeah, I mean, it definitely can be. And, you know, when you look at his uh, depth chart uh, ratings, you know, he was also a guard at Indiana as well. So he does have that inside presence as well. And, Based on what his calculations are and what his measurables are, you know, being six foot six, 300 pounds, you know, being a guard is not out of the question for him. Obviously, Ryman is about the same size, but Ryman also is a guy that can still bulk up a little more, I think, in terms of how they want to use him. But for Spriggs, I think, honestly, if you want to be on this roster, I think the best thing for him is learning to be a guard again. I think that would probably be the best thing for you because, like you said, the Colts have four bona fide tackles on this roster that they can easily throw in and out. And then, like you said, with Vandemark, Vandemark could be another one that could sneak his way in somehow, or he's going to probably remain a practice squad guy for the year. And then if one of our guys, unfortunately, goes out for an extended period of time, then you're going to have to sign Vandemark onto the active roster to be a backup role. I think for Spriggs is right now for your guards, you only have at this moment, Will Fries as a backup guard. You know, you have a couple guys that could do it, but Spriggs is not a practice squad guy, or at least has more talent than what your traditional practice squad guy would be. And Will Fries is not going to be able to cover two guard positions. So if you wanted, and Spriggs was able to do it, Spriggs could be that backup left guard or a potential right guard for Pinter or Nelson, it barring se severe problem happens, say both of our guards go down and you have Will Fries in at one position and you have to have Spriggs at another, then that's what you would end up having to do. I think that's something that 
is what's going to maybe put him on the roster is if he can thrive at the guard position, then I could see a spot where he does end up making this roster because he's a he would be the fourth guard on your active roster. Yeah, we'll see. It's yeah, I'm interested to see what he does, what his role is. You know, like you said, does he play more guard? Does he play more tackle? I think his best shot to make the roster, I agree with you, would be guard. But we shall see. All right. Um, and the last kind of grouping, I guess, if you want to say that, that we want to talk about are really the the three or four running backs. Yeah, you know, we're gonna talk about three of them um, after Naheem Hines, right? So we're talking, of course, about. Philip Lindsay, Tyson Williams, and Deion Jackson. Those are all veteran guys, if you will. Deion Jackson, the least amount of veteran, I guess, if you want to say it, because he was a rookie last year. But we want to talk about all these guys because I think they're all in the roster bubble, and I could see a scenario where any one of these guys could be the third running back on this team. And I think the Colts are probably going to keep three. We'll see. Um, but feels like traditionally they've kept three. I think they kept three last year, if I'm if my memory yeah. serves correctly as well. I know they've kept four at certain points as well, um, but I think they'll probably keep three. We'll see. But I think certainly one of these guys is going to make the active roster for sure. Um, it's just a matter of who will it be. I think we're we would say probably Philip Lindsay because he certainly has the best resume of any of these guys. A little bit older, more the veteran guy in this group. But Tyson Williams, he he started a few games for Baltimore last year. Deion Jackson showed some things as well for you last year. So could one of these guys, uh, you know, be on the active roster? Could potentially two of these guys be on the active roster? And who's the odd man or odd men out in this situation? Well, I think unfortunately for uh, Deion Jackson, I think he'd be the odd man out in this just simply due to the fact that, like you stated, you know, Tyson Williams definitely showed some potential. And Philip Lindsay, his his resume speaks for itself. I mean, when he first came into the league, he was widely renowned as one of the best running backs in the NFL at that time. So I think, yeah, Philip Lindsay is going to end up being the third running back for me because ultimately what we see in Philip Lindsay, he still has some of that in him. And he's a guy that definitely can still run in between the tackles. I think him and Tyson are definitely going to have a battle because Tyson, like you said, played in a in a run-heavy system with the Baltimore Ravens. Obviously, he knows how to run the football. So that'll be interesting to see what they do. I mean, there is like eight running backs on this roster at the moment, and it's just hard to keep track of who all – I mean, because unfortunately about – Two or three of these guys, two of these guys are going to get caught. Two guys are going to get kept on the practice squad, and then you're going to have three guys on the active roster. So, ultimately, who's who is that going to end up being? Um, but if I had to take a guess, I'd say Dion's probably going to get kicked out of that spot, and then Tyson and Philip are going to have a battle for each other in the in training camp. But I think Philip edges it out. We'll see. We'll see. It's going to be an interesting battle. But, guys, those are our look at some guys that we think um, are on the roster bubble, um, could potentially make the roster, could potentially not. Let us know your thoughts on these players, and are there any other players that you think potentially are going to be on the roster bubble? Let us know those things in the comments below. But thank you guys so much for tuning in. We really appreciate all your support. And as always, guys, go Colts. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. 
That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.